Who had the worst draft in the 2023 NFL draft? Which teams maybe didn't do enough with the picks they had? And some other conversations about maybe a disservice that some teams are doing to some players throughout the draft process. Coming up on today's Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson bring you expert NFL analysis every day in less than 30 minutes. Get an inside look into the NFL on the field and in the front office. With elite breakdowns, next-level analysis, and in-depth information only for the real NFL fans. This is Peacock and Williamson, and it starts now. Welcome to the Peacock and Williamson NFL show. Brian Peacock alongside Matt Williamson at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL. Get those mailbag questions in for tomorrow's midweek offseason mailbag. And today's episode of Peacock and Williamson is brought to you by FanDuel, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more with FanDuel Sportsbook. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on today to get started. So, Matt, taking a look at the teams that we've... The, the, the title of this episode is Worst Drafts in, the, in 2023, right? Yesterday was the best drafts of the 2023 NFL draft class. Uh, most It was kind of like standout classes, interesting classes yesterday. Today's mm-hmm. standout classes, interesting classes in an awkward... It should be called the most awkward classes, I think. <laughs> Questionable. Yeah, right. Yeah. We know it's too easy to grade, and, and people get mad about grades because it's too soon. We know it's too soon. We don't know how good they're going to be, but we can grade what we thought teams did with what we know now with what they with in the context of what they had coming into the draft, right? Yeah, yeah. And so I, I thought kill the dolphins because anybody picks, you know what I mean? Right. <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. Um, so that being said, I'll let you nominate the first team that had maybe the worst or maybe the most awkward 2023 NFL draft. Okay. So yesterday I had to bite my tongue for about 30 minutes because we were talking about good classes, interesting stuff. And I have to ask you about what your Niners are doing here. Like it's becoming, I don't say clear to me, but I think that your boy Shanny might have some Belichick-like genes in that Shanny the coach bails out Shanny the talent evaluator time and time again because he's such a good coach and schemer. But I don't understand, and I don't, I can't even lump this with Miami. Of they didn't have any picks, they didn't get anybody good. I mean, they at least made nine picks, three of them in the third round. I understand maybe one of them in Jair Brown from Penn State. We talked about the Browns yesterday as yeah. a standout class, and they didn't have a first or second round. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they made the most with what they had coming in, and I think that's the context you need with all of this. And uh, there's some Lockdown 49ers listeners that, that aren't super happy with me right now because of the poor grades. Both me and my co-host, Eric Crocker, have given the 49ers in this draft, and, and I agree with you. Jair Brown makes all kinds of sense. They moved up. They thought yeah. he was the last starting safety. He, he, you know, he's, he's maybe a little under-athletic for someone you're projecting to, to be a star player in the NFL. But again, you you didn't draft until pick 99 was your first pick. They moved up to 87. They got Jair Brown. Love the way he plays, uh, the energy he brings, team captain, all those things. If he's a step slow, that's okay, because I think safety yeah. position, you can be a step slow. And we'll see if that step slow shows up at the NFL level. But even being an average height, weight, speed guy, everything else is off the charts. Led the uh, led college football in interceptions over the last two years with 10 picks. And he gets his hands on balls. Energetic. He's all over the place. Really a lot like a guy who's already in the secondary for the 49ers, Talanoa Hufanga. 
So uh, that's the type of player that they love. Um, you know, he's wired correctly. And I think that's what this draft was all about for the 49ers is they didn't get a bunch of big time athletes. They drafted a lot of guys that they think um, mentality. So or kind of mentality over raw athleticism is, is the theme of the draft for the most part for the 49ers. A lot of special teams guys on day three with they had a ton of picks coming in 11. They ended up with drafting nine players and almost all of them could potentially play a role on special teams. I don't know how many of them are going to make the roster. I don't know mm-hmm. how many of them are going to stick around for a second contract with the 49ers. Um, I don't think they got a lot of value with their picks versus what, and I don't care what the experts say about him. I'm, I'm doing my own evaluations. I'm looking at a tight end, Cameron Latou in the third round. Kind of thought he was a fifth round guy. And they got him. Me in too. Third. Yeah. yeah. You know? um, and they I took two like tight ends. Him. Yeah. And, they, and, you know, they got Braden Willis in the seventh round, and I thought that seventh was round. fine. But they already yeah, drafted yeah. a tight end in the third round. Well, why don't you go get an offensive lineman, a defensive lineman, someone who could actually make it a bigger impact long term on your roster? And we'll see. You never know how these, I'm not going to say these guys can't be good. And then that needs to be said with all these because I think fans are going to get more mad about us on today's episode. Because if you say, hey, this, this team had the best draft in the NFL. The the fan base is like, yeah, you're right. They did. And you say this team had the worst draft. They're like, Hey, it's too early to grade. You can't do that. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. We all yeah. know we're not perfect at this. Yeah. We'll get more. Look, it, we're flawed human beings, grading flawed human beings who are drafting flawed human beings. So a lot of room for error there. Yeah. Yes. A lot of room for human. And error. We haven't even seen the play in the NFL yet. You know, I the mean, NFL of course. Is chaos. So the 49ers might've had the best draft ever drafted nine hall of famers. Unlikely. Yeah, I don't like what they did. I mean, I there's like not many brand name guys. I love the Brown pick. I'm going to be very critical of a kicker in the third round. I mean, no matter what. I mean, I, I just don't understand that. And the lack of O lineman is alarming to me. It's a huge two two players really won when it comes to the 49ers draft. One Trey Lance. They didn't draft the quarterback. Mm-hmm. All these teams are drafting mid-round quarterbacks. The Niners were doing work on a lot of quarterbacks. They didn't draft any of them. They haven't even picked one up in a, a undrafted free agency yet, and they have to bring in at least a camp arm unless uh, you know, unless Brock Purdy has a miraculous recovery. He's actually ready for camp, and they don't need another camp arm. Um, but they didn't trade Trey Lance, so it was a win for Trey Lance and a huge win for Colton McKivitz at right tackle. He was the swing tackle last year, so a, a huge win for, I don't know, Matt Pryor, whoever the, the swing tackle is going to be for the 49ers. I, I, I do think passing on some really good edge rushers, some really good defensive linemen, some really good offensive linemen that were still there late third that, that I thought were That's not, not their style. Yeah. So to me, what, what I saw was kind of hubris and kind of them saying our team, our roster is so good. Let's trade up and get a safety because it's one of our bigger needs and he'll probably be a backup safety this year. And then I'm kind of slow playing the, the real big part of this, which is the kicker in the third round. And yeah, that's yeah, yeah. always going to get an F from me. Kicker rookie kickers are never good. The best kickers in the NFL <laughs> right. are undrafted guys. Justin Tucker's undrafted. They're trying to replace Robbie Gold, who was undrafted. And uh Robbie Gold, by the way, wasn't great as a rookie either. Like that's just the way it goes. And of this is an amazing stat. And this is something that I knew before the draft that we had talked about because we knew the 49ers were going to be without Robbie Gold, probably looking at a kicker. And I was hoping, yay, seventh round, maybe draft the guy. Okay, I get it. Yeah, right, right, sure. Third round the litter, then right. So uh this is not even talking about third round kickers. This is any kicker drafted over the last 10 years. There's been 17 of them. Okay. In 10 how, many years. Of those kickers, how many of those 17 kickers, Matt, do you think got a second contract with the team that drafted them? Wow. Very few. Five. One. One. Wow. I mean, the glaring mistake is what, Aguayo? I can't, I'm killing his name. The, yeah, the Roberto Aguayo. Right, 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 right. He didn't even get to year two. Let <laughs> he got to the second, second year. Right, and so that's right. another thing. So it's a it's a 
probably the biggest factor in being a, a a bad kicker versus a good kicker versus a great kicker potentially is the can you slow down your heartbeat kind of thing. Yeah, right, right, so right. You right, draft right. a kicker too early. Well, now there's even more pressure on that guy. So mm-hmm. you got to come in. You're point. part of the idea is oh, we don't have a lot of needs. One of the only starting positions we could potentially draft is a kicker. So let's draft the first kicker. Let's draft the best kicker. Well, now you're a you're a team coming into the year with Super Bowl aspirations, and you throw a rookie kicker, and when rookie kickers already have a tough time, and now you're like, not only are you a rookie kicker, now we drafted you too high. Now you have all these extra expectations from outside the building, from fans and media who are ready to pounce if you miss a kick. And, oh, yeah, we're a Super Bowl contender, so you better not miss any of these kicks because that could be huge for ruining our season. And so you put all that on a kicker. So all that combined, I hate it for the 49ers have drafted a kicker. And it just adds to the grade of I didn't really like a lot of the value they got really throughout the draft with, with a lot of their picks. Although there's a couple of picks I do like, especially in the fifth round. And the Niners, that fifth round has been magic for the 49ers. They've hit on multiple players mm. in that round. George Kittle, Hufanga, Dre Greenlaw. Um, Darrell Luter, yeah. small school, corner, athletic, length. I think if you went to a bigger school, he gets drafted a lot higher. I like that selection. And then Robert Beal out of Georgia – um, super athletic profile, long arms. Ken Chris Kosarek, defensive line coach, has been really good at getting guys um, playing better under him than they played elsewhere. Uh, you know, that's a potential swing. So that was one sort of athletic swing they they went for in the uh, in the fifth round area. Aside from that, d- didn't love the value they got r- with really most of their picks, especially a kicker, which is always going to get an F in the third round. Yeah, hundred percent. So, couple things here is I love your analysis of the heartbeat thing you know and you know just think of this poor kicker he's locker next to some 330 pound guard that's all sweaty and nasty and looks over at him like man i wish you were a wide receiver or a corner you know like we use a third round pick on your skinny little butt you know know how about your quarterback who whose season just ended and the entire season of your team just ended because he got hurt because he got hit and you come into the season and Trent Williams turns his ankle. And now where are you at on your offensive line? Because you drafted a kicker in the third yeah. round and exactly. not potentially one of these guys that could be a, a really good backup, uh, you know, at, at worst or potentially a starting offensive tackle for your team. So let's make a note. Cause I want to talk about this big picture stuff, not Niner related, maybe later in the week. I mean, the, the draft is so fresh. I don't want to go down this, this road too much, but I found it very interesting the number of kickers and punters that got drafted in this in this class across the league, as well as how high the truly backup quarterbacks that you mentioned went in this in this draft too. They went way higher than I thought, and I think that might even be a whole show. But one other note, maybe I'm not giving special teams coaches enough respect, but I firmly believe there's maybe, I mean, I'm making this number up, five human beings on the planet that know how to evaluate kickers. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, Well, that's part of it too. Right, maybe, right. maybe Jake Moody is this otherworldly kicker maybe. and they just got the rookie version of Justin Tucker. Right. And if that's the then case, it's then, it's it. a, then it's a good pick and, and worth a third round pick, obviously, but mm-hmm. that's hard to project from here. And history tells us that's not going to be the case. And betting on a rookie kicker is just bad money. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was thinking though. When you said what 17 have been drafted in the last 10 years, one resigned with his team. I think it's because nobody knows how to evaluate the position. I mean, like a special teams coach, sure, he may watch kickers, and I'm sure there's camps out there of former kickers that that's all they do. 
But a special teams coach biggest job is getting the practice squad safety to run down his lane on kickoff coverage and tackle and not screw it up and you know have you know a third string tackle understand the protection schemes of your kick of your kick uh, field goal team and things of that nature and rah rah it's not a real technical coaching position of oh his foot's three inches to the left that's what, you know like it, 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 special teams coaches my hunches are not great kicker evaluators and they're way better than any scout or anyone else on the set. <laughs> yeah, they, <that's laughs> you know what I mean? And it's even harder to do that than in the other position, in the NFL, which we already know as we've been talking about is, is so difficult. We got to move on to some other yeah, yeah. teams here, but a quick note with the Patriots, they came up and drafted a kicker in the fourth round too, right after the 49ers, uh, which is cool you brought up Belichick and, and Shanahan and how those teams are built. And obviously Bill Belichick loves him some special teams. Um, uh, one more quick note here is after the 49ers drafted Jake Moody, Kyle Shanahan, talking to reporters, said he got texts from, quote, all my friends around the league making fun of him for taking a kicker in the third <laughs> round. And uh, and Michael Silver reported this, and, he, and Michael Silver said back to him, he's like, uh, that he suggested that Kyle would have done the same thing to them, and he said, damn right I would have. So they even know that this was a weird thing to do, and I, was, I don't know. It's 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 a bad grade. 49ers had the, maybe the worst draft of, of the entire league. The way I look at it, the way we're sitting here right now, and of course it's too early. We'll find out in a couple mm -hmm. of years. It really is bad. Uh, they might have got a superstar safety. They might got a lot of rough and tumble guys that really fill out the foundation of their roster on day three. They might have even plucked another superstar out of the fifth round, and Jake Moody might be the best kicker of all time. And of course, this would be an A-plus draft. So we'll find out in years to go. Yeah, I would trade theirs with anybody, so I think. Take my I chances so. with, yeah. Next, we've got a lot of other draft classes to talk about. Uh, I think the two most difficult, Detroit Lions and Houston Texans, who had okay. a lot of picks and did a lot of work. Did they do great work for their franchises? Next. Today's episode of Locked On 49ers. Today's episode no. of, <laughs> episode of Pika. Oh my, I've done so much 49ers podcasting, uh, just 14 days straight, no days off, hours of, of live streaming. Uh, I almost did it twice yesterday, too, talking about that. Um, today's episode of Peacock and Williamson, of course, with my illustrious co-host, Matt Williamson here, is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. I hope you all, by the way, listened to Peacock and Williamson and got those prop bets in at FanDuel for the NFL draft, which I think I think every single one we talked about was a winner uh, this year. And it's always a lot of fun. And I always do really well with those draft props. Of course, Major League Baseball all summer long at FanDuel. Uh, NHL playoffs as well. There's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, official sports betting partner of the NBA. Looking at some teams that had a ton of picks in this draft, Matt, is the Houston Texans. And the Detroit Lions. And, you know, talking off the air, I think we might disagree on, on some of these draft classes. Let's start with the Lions. Okay. Because the Lions, we both, I think, didn't love what they got in round one versus what they started with. But they came back on day two and day three and I think did a lot better. 
How much better did they do? Do you look at the whole of their draft class now after all seven rounds and say, ah, you know what? They actually did a pretty good job. Um, I have mixed feelings because somebody, and I appreciate this, you know, quote, you know, took my exact words after our Friday podcast about the lions and tweeted them to me and wasn't even being negative. It was something like, wow. I mean, you talk about not getting value in round one Gibbs and Campbell. And I don't have any real problem with either one of the players, especially Gibbs. I think Gibbs helps you a lot more than Campbell, who I don't think is even clearly the best linebacker in this draft. I think he's fine. But, you know, the other guys fell and fell, Sanders and those guys. And I don't know that Campbell was, you know, heads and shoulders above all those dudes. So day two rolls around. And in a nutshell, if you said you gave me Laporta, Branch, who I adore, Hooker in round three, as you predicted, which I bet you have no problem with, the third-round Hendon Hooker as opposed to a first-round Hendon Hooker in this team where he can relax. And Broderick Martin's a guy I kind of like, too. It's just a big power defensive tackle that fits their scheme. I think they did really well on day two. And overall, those top six picks make any team better. You know, it's a variety of players, six quality additions. So, good. But... I think in today's day and age, you're crazy if you don't ignore position value. And they got a running back, an off-the-ball linebacker, a tight end, a slot, and a, a space-eating defensive tackle in, in addition to a quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> so You know what I mean? Value, <laughs> like, they're the cheapest guys. Though, right. Even though they got probably better value uh, on day two, they, it was still not high positional value players. And right, so, right, right. this day and age in the NFL, if they go, you know, if, if future Detroit Lions, Lions teams are like, man, we don't have any, we don't have enough pass rushers. We don't have enough corners. Uh, we don't have enough offensive tackles. You can look back at a draft where it's like, well, you had multiple picks in the area. Those are selected and you didn't get any of them. And you got yourself a running back. Who's probably going to be banged up and hurt at that point. And so that that's where um, it, it, it really, disappoints me in this mm -hmm. draft class with what they had. Um, and so I still don't give the Detroit Lions a, a good grade here, even though they got a lot of good players. And it could look back and be like, look at how many foundational players the Detroit Lions got in this class. You know, we got a game-breaking running back, which clearly there were some thoughts, oh, maybe he's going to line up a lot at wide receiver. They traded DeAndre Swift. He's going to be, you know, their main running back there. Mm -hmm. um, it's That's never going to get a high grade for me, uh, drafting a running back at, at 12. And is even an every down back in the NFL. Is he the next Jamal Charles? Is he... Um, you know, does he end up being more of a, you know, dynamic third down type of a guy, but not really a load carrier. And if he is a load carrier, does he break down? So a lot of questions there when it comes to running back, we've talked about that a lot off ball yeah. linebacker at 18, terrible value. Is it probably even worse oh. than the running back pick? Because I, I think, think so. I can, dynamic I can understand the games as much as yeah. Gibbs will when he's healthy. Yeah. And you talk about bust rates. I mean, first round linebackers off the ball guys always start slow and often, stink to be very and is he is he great in, in pass coverage which is the key to off ball okay, backers yeah. in today's nfl yeah. um and then even with laporta and branch you talked about the positional value stuff uh, the, my favorite pick by far is is brian branch because sure, he sure. can cover he could play safety i think he's gonna be versatile i think you know he's a, he's a really a good player. defender yeah. where they got him my favorite pick by far Laporta, I loved, but I loved Laporta because I thought he was going to be someone that someone sneaks away in the third round and get. They got him in the third, the third pick of round two, so I was even yeah, kind of yeah. high. He was the second tight end off the board, so I don't think they even got the good value on Laporta that I thought you could get on Laporta going into the draft. And you know, maybe he is the second best tight end in this class, and I do like Laporta, but again, positional value with with some of these, and even with the Hooker pick, 
they got him in the right spot. The hooker deserved to be a, a third round guy. Yeah. But then under the lens of, is he going to help the football team? Well, he's not, I thought the lions needed to get a quarterback that was really going to push Goff and potentially replace him. You might've just drafted a really good backup that never really plays with a high third round pick where you could have affected your team even more. So even a hooker, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's the best landing spot unless, you know, maybe they're just going to let um, Goff, by the way, I don't think they're even that far off in age. So it's not like Goff's going to age wow. out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. going to step in and be this young, long-term quarterback. So overall, I still didn't like the Lions draft. Even though they got a lot of good players, you might look back and say, hey, we got three guys in the ring of honor out of this class. Yeah, you might. I mean, Branch and Gibbs might be great, great players, and Hooker might be a starting quarterback, and everyone will look back and like, well, that's, that was a really good draft. I understand that. The Campbell pick is by far my least favorite. I mean, mm-hmm. a mid-first-round pick on what I think is an okay linebacker prospect. I mean, he's good. He's not uh, He's not a first-round player, in my opinion, let alone the 18th pick in the draft. And I do think where if these guys all have good rookie years and have good careers, no one will look at it this way. But if you have six picks in the top 96, two first-round picks, five picks in the top 68, you got to help your salary cap more. You know, like – Right. A draft like this, when Penny Sewell walks in free agency, no one will say, well, in 2023, they should have, or Hutchinson, or, you know, whoever, they didn't. It, 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 I'm not explaining that well, but <laughs> I, I totally understand what you mean. Right, 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 right. Put it yeah. another way, in, in four years, when these guys become free agents, are you going to spend top of the market free agent money to retain a running back, an off ball linebacker, a tight mm-hmm. end, and a safety? And what's that going to do to your salary cap to keep the edges and the tackles and the corners? And can you have money to go get those in free agency since you didn't draft them either? So team building yeah. is, is what we're talking about here. And side note, I don't know why they hate DeAndre Swift so much, but whatever. He's gone you know, yep. out of this equation too. Yeah, yeah. How about the Houston Texans here? Uh, we, we talked a lot about their first round, which is a big part of their overall grade. And on one hand, I love it. On the other hand, the way it looks going up to get the defensive end and Will Anderson, as much as I liked him, I did think he was the best non-quarterback in this class and maybe just the best prospect in this class with the weird stuff going on with, with um, Jalen Carter. But spending all of those draft resources to not go up for the quarterback, since the quarterback is what you could have gotten already there, it's still a little, it's just a little weird. Will they regret that long term? Did they give up too much to go secure both Stroud and Anderson there when they could have just stayed and just got Anderson at two because they already had that pick since they already sitting there? It's total coincidence. But as this morning, I was listening to Mike Lombardi's podcast, and I guess he sent out a tweet, you know, uh, the, the, addressing this directly and basically summarizing what Lombardi said was you have to look at what they gave up for Stroud and Anderson, because they wouldn't do one without the other. And if Anderson was the pick at two and they traded up for Stroud, people would uh, uh, understand it more. Right. And I think Mike has a really good point there that you don't do one without the other. This is a group project. And I bet they had a deal done with the Cardinals before the draft even started, you know? And so great. I understand that. However, I still think the package for those two players was too high. And only one thing I can say about that is if I was having this negotiation with the Cardinals, knowing I also have the Browns first round pick next year, the only thing I won't give up is next year's first. If I'm Houston, you know, that's off the table. We can talk about any compensation you want, Arizona, but the one thing that's not on the table is next year's first. And they traded next year's first. 
and and they didn't get the discount. So my my idea with right. the, with the Texans trading up was okay. You go, um, if you go, if you go quarterback, then you then nobody's trading up for Stroud, and so you already have leverage. So that was smart, one hundred percent. But they didn't use they didn't get the discount on the trade up. So that's, that's they still uh, paid a quarterback ransom for Anderson. Right. That's why yeah. that's what Lombardi was saying is you got to look at these two together. Doesn't matter what order it is, or when we look back on history, that was a terrible trade for Anderson. It's what you gave up collectively for these two players. And I understand that. Good. I was just gonna I was just gonna talk about the rest of their draft if you have more. Oh, real quick, then before we do, I don't know that these two are good enough prospects to give that much up too. You know, like is Stroud the second quarterback off the board every year? Is Anderson the first defensive player picked every year? Maybe we could fight about that. You know, I mean, it's be different if it was Nick Bosa and Andrew Luck. You know what I mean? But I understand it. Where that franchise is, I'm sure a lot of this came from ownership saying, we're not leaving this without a franchise quarterback. You know, I need somebody. Yeah, ownership's like, okay, D'Amico, I get it. Will Anderson. Right, and I, right, right. I knew that that was going to be D'Amico's guy. You know, that's his Nick Bosa. You sold me on Will, but you better give yeah. me a quarterback too. But we want a quarterback too. And and I'll, I'll allow you to go make it happen. It's like, that's sort of the compromise that ended up happening with ownership, GM and head coach. Mm-hmm. And Juice in, Scruggs a little high in the second round, I think, there, center out of Penn State. I don't uh, like the rest of their draft, though. <laughs> I, like, I liked Henry To'oto in yes, the fifth yes, round. Yes. We're talking about sleeper, you know, future starting linebackers. You know, I just mentioned Dre Greenlaw, who D'Amico Ryan's coached up as a fifth rounder for the 49ers. I think Henry To'oto, Henry To'oto has every bit of ability that Dre Greenlaw had in the fifth round a few years ago. Good so that was, uh, that was a great one. And actually, Patterson. Uh, interior offensive lineman in the sixth was better value than Scruggs. I probably would have rated them exactly the same coming into the draft, and maybe I'm way wrong about that. Xavier Hutchinson and Brandon Hill, some decent value late, too. So Hutchinson's um, my favorite pick. I actually thought he might go in the third round. Okay, next, we've got some more teams to talk about. We've got uh, kind of do some quick hitters on some classes that were super awkward and interesting and maybe good, maybe bad. I don't know. Falcons, Cardinals, uh, Jaguars, and Titans coming up. Thanks, everybody, for making Peacock and Williamson your first listen every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Shout out to all the everydayers. We've got that mailbag coming up tomorrow. Hit us up in the YouTube comments. Make sure you're subscribed up to the new Peacock and Williamson YouTube channel. And you can drop the questions on Twitter at Peacock at Williamson NFL. And make sure you check out the rest of what the network has to offer for your second listen. Your team is covered here every single day. All right, Matt. Uh, Atlanta Falcons, again. Drafted running back early. You, you know I'm ready to crush them for, for their draft, going B. John Robinson. They got the best running back in the draft. They got a really good running back in the draft. Uh, I said they're, they're turning themselves into the 2017 Panthers. You got to have a lot else going on on your football team for the running back to matter. And does Bijan do that for the Atlanta Falcons? Mm-hmm. They got a lot of firepower on offense, but running the ball wasn't a problem for the Falcons. Other things were. Did they address those enough with Matthew Bergeron in the second round, Jack Harrison in the third round? I like Clark Phillips. Um, so they did some good things. Didn't have a ton of draft picks, did the Falcons, but they they pulled six players. Bergeron probably more of a guard so, than yeah. a tackle. Right. Overall, I look at this class and I think, man, you're armed with the eighth pick in the draft. Underwhelming to me. I understand that, and they don't team build like anyone else in the league. So how they got here, I won't give my stamp of approval. And I mean that over the last couple of years as well, Pitts, London, et cetera, et cetera. However, I mean, you mentioned their draft capital. Yeah, they drafted six dudes, but two of them are seventh rounders. They really had a four-man draft. And 
I loved the Phillips pick. You mentioned that one too. I think he's a true slot. He's a starter they got in the fourth round that I thought could have went in the second round. Ber- I want to address Bergeron quickly because I think their O-line, which was quite good, was one starter away. They need a guard. He's going to immediately go and be your starting guard. And when Matthews or the right tackle, McGarry, you know, isn't back, maybe he bumps outside. So I love that fit for him. He's a mauler. He fits the team really, really well. Now, is Bijan worth the eighth pick? I don't know, but I do know that I was not enamored with the top of this draft collectively. And in my opinion, he was Jalen Carter and him were the best players in the draft. So I get it. But where I'm going with this is, again, I don't love how they got there. But I look at the Falcons offense, the 10 guys that aren't quarterbacks, I think it's really good. And I think it's very quarterback friendly. You know, like Ritter might look great. But more importantly, next year's first round pick might look really great inserted into that offense. This this could be the this could be what the Lions were last year. And just kind of, you know, getting bombed on on defense, but the offense is really coming around. Uh, yeah. That could be what the Falcons are this year. And with their first two picks, they did help out their young quarterback in Ritter. So from that aspect, uh, I like it. It's okay. But like, look, if they were getting any trade up offers at eight, go back down. I think uh, Gibbs would have been a perfect compliment to, you know, Algier and what they already had on offense. You collect more picks, maybe get some more defenders as well. Bergeron, I like the pick. I think it was good value second round and, and the fit and all that. But, you know, overall, you know, running back, early i just don't think it's going to add wins to their football team mm-hmm. i mean like i assume you'd give them a better grade if they took van ness there i mean their pass rush have been horrible for like five years yeah i mean yeah they they need work on defense for sure yeah yeah they do d-line i mean d-line is so important i'm, I'm not going to fault anybody ever going for d-line especially mm-hmm. high upside defensive linemen yeah i understand that I, Baltimore I ravens zay flowers in the first round trenton simpson in the second second round uh caillou blue kelly late uh, Andrew Vuries, who's uh, on a red shirt because he tore his ACL and threw up 38 bench press reps. You know, that's a that's a, that could be a good pick in the future for a seventh rounder. Um, Tavius Robinson in the third round. I missed there. Uh, they didn't have a lot of picks coming in. Um, they did they have Oh, they just had all their original picks, didn't they? Seven pick. No, they, had six well, they picks. traded their second for Roquan. Right. And right, that's right. what hurt them. And unlike that's where I want to go. Like I'm, I'm on drafthistory.com right now and just scrolling down. This team always makes 10, 11, 9 picks because they're the master uh, of the comp game. Well, that dried up, and I'm not about bashing the Ravens because they're the Steelers' rival. Their drafting since Ozzie Newsome has not been good. Everyone gives them huge grades the day after because they make 11 picks or 10 picks, and there are a lot of household names, but their drafting lately has not been particularly good. And this class, they're drafting with half the cards in their hands that they usually do. Usually they have like the most draft capital in the league, you know, multiple first rounders the last couple of years. And, you know, guys like Patrick Queen, Bateman, Oway, Hamilton, Linderbaum, those are all been first round picks the last three years. You should get more out of those guys. But we're talking about this draft. I don't love it. I mean, I think Zay Flowers is a really good player. Will they... I, I assume this tells us they're going to throw the ball to receivers outside the numbers. You know, I mean, I think that's the Monken way of doing things. You don't invest in Beckham and Zay. If you're not going to do that, it's about time. That's not where Lamar's most comfortable, but I'm, I think he can handle it. Everyone thinks Simpson's this tremendous steal at 86. He's really fast, but he doesn't make any plays. <laughs> he doesn't see the field well at all. I mean, he might be fine. It looks like they're not going to pick up the fifth year option on Queen which maybe we got to talk about tomorrow because today's fifth year option uh, 
deadline. So maybe tomorrow yeah. we'll go through those. But so I get it. You're not going to keep Queen. You'll bring you know Simpson along slow for the year. Fine. I, I think they did okay. You know, I mean, Voorhees might be a starting guard, but he's a miss the whole year. Drafting a wide receiver 23 in a bad wide receiver class with mm. the first wide receiver who I think was clearly better going just a few picks ahead of you. Did you, you know, did they do too much to try to, you know, appease their, their quarterback? Right. And obviously they got the, the contract done over the weekend with Lamar Jackson, but was it good, uh, you know, the money spent on Lamar? Like, I get that, but was the draft capital spent the right way to go about it? And, you know, mm-hmm. I, I was just, it just felt really weird and, and awkward. Again, awkward is the, the word of the day. Maybe not bad. We'll see what this ends up looking like. But did they get value? I don't know. And Zay Flowers, my second favorite receiver in a nutshell, you know, for generic teams. But I want a big bodied guy that blocks people if I'm the Ravens. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I don't need little people. Like, Marquise Brown didn't fit. Fascinating how that offense comes together and the mm-hmm. new look Ravens offense. We'll see. Uh, Bills, they drafted a no block tight end in the first round. I liked Osiris Torrance in the second round, but the key here is, and I don't know how much impact they got in the rest of their draft, but the key here is Dalton Kincaid. Is he like the next Travis Kelsey? Then it's all yeah. good. If he's just kind of a, eh, all right, he's a good pass catching tight end. Then, you know, I don't know if I'm going to love it for the, for the Buffalo Bills long term. Yeah, I mean, with a quick thumbnail on them. I adore the Torrance pick that late. I think he'll be exactly what they need. Brings physicality to the offense. It's very much lacking. Dorian Williams was one of my favorite linebackers, too. I'm not saying he's a direct replacement for Edmonds or different body types, but there's a spot there for him to step right in, and he covers a lot of ground. But you're right. It, you know, is Kincaid a, a weapon, a difference maker, or like a lot of tight ends, is he Evan Ingram for two years before he starts to make an impact? You know, then that doesn't do you any good. The first round tight end uh, rate is kind of right there with linebackers. And, uh, and brutal. It's it's not best, but usually it's because they draft the Darnell Washington's of the world. Like, oh, this is the biggest, yeah, yeah, fastest yeah. guy. Let's draft OJ Howard. In. And Kincaid doesn't really fit that. So look at him he, like he's a wide out. Yeah. It, it's giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's a pass catcher. Yes, yes, yes. I don't think he's going to line up in line. I don't know. He's even going to eat into Dawson Knox's snaps, you know? A lot to get to. We're going a little bit long, but we got a couple more teams I want to check in on. I believe the Jaguars is one you wanted to talk about, right, Matt? I have mixed feelings about them. I mean, I think that they got, you know, I, I th- I'm not sure they had a good feel for who they are. They traded down twice, I think, to end up with Harrison, which is fine at 27. And it has to be noted that they lost a tackle in free agency and the other tackle got suspended right before the draft. So maybe this threw a curveball into their approach. But I think they're to the point now where it used to be there was – one of the worst rosters in the league. I mean, frankly, that they need every player they can get, like where Arizona is now. If I were them, instead of drafting 13 dudes, I would rather have quantity over quality at this point in my of my team building. <laughs> I didn't even realize there was more 13. picks here scrolling down. I thought they had yeah. like a dozen, and I was like, oh, there's three more seventh rounders. I didn't even see. I had to scroll down. <laughs> right, right, uh, right. That is pretty amazing how many players they added. So this is just throw have more darts to throw at the board, and hopefully you hit. I actually like the – and because the, they moved down, ended up with Anton Harrison. They got one of the last like pure – okay, this is a, a yeah, true starting tackle yeah. that you can plug in. I like that for their young quarterback. Uh, Brenton Strange felt a little early there, but, you yeah. know, a tough sort of rough and tumble, very different tight end than – what ingram is and ingram might walk after the year anyway and then so you got brenton strange so you can move around and do a lot of things with and you know not a lot of names stand out in this draft for me of like 
you know, players I really liked pre-draft. So we'll see what it ends up looking like. But a lot of dart throws and um, and we'll see. But, yeah, uh, th- there's I there's, do think Bigsby's a really good compliment to ATN. And I don't know why Antonio Johnson fell as long as he did. Maybe there's an injury I don't know about. Okay, let's end this with yeah. this conversation, and it's got to go fast. But the Tennessee Titans, they drafted Skaronsky in the first round and then yeah, came back up and got Will Levis in the second round with the second pick. As far as the draft goes, I, I like it for him. You know, if you told me they, they came away with Skaronsky and Levis in, in the first and second round, that's fine. But, you it's know, fine. we got a long-term guard, and I know he fits, like, the atmosphere and the, you know, the uh, the vibe for Vrabel and Rand Carthon there in Tennessee does Skaronsky. So it's okay, but, you know, you drafted a guard at pick 11. Uh, and then Will Levis, if he turns out to be good, it's a home run draft potentially. One of my things here, just with the entire draft process, Matt, is – Will Levis is like being mocked and there's all these rumors and, you know, people are leaking information. He's going to go number two overall. The teams love right, him. Right. Right? And he goes in round two and that's not Levis's fault. And Levis went from being, Oh man, he's going to get overdrafted to, ah, you know, kind of rooting for the guy now. Cause you, you know, Aaron Rodgers style, you get screwed through this process. Does he have develop a chip and he's got all the talent in the world. Does that just help him focus in and become an even better player than he would have if, if the Titans took him at 11? And um, Hendon Hooker being talked about as a first rounder was like, no way is he a first rounder. Yeah, yeah. Why would you do that to the young man and just like talk about him as a first rounder? Now he feels like he fell where he went, where he should have gone. And then I think about the Niners with the Moody pick, just putting so much more pressure. You're doing a disservice to the player to make a bad draft pick and, and push him up too high and more pressure on him than needs to be. And so I just think the draft process sometimes does a disservice to some of the prospects. And I know it's lying season and uh, you don't want teams to know what you're doing, but in like leaking that you're going to draft Hendon hooker in the first round when you absolutely know it's not going to happen. I mean, that, that's just not cool. Yeah, it isn't. Uh, there's, we had a great conversation before we hit record yesterday about all the weirdness and stuff that revolves around the draft. And maybe we should have that conversation later in the week, but this is a perfect example of just, misinformation and it, it, this is a human being you know i mean it, I, I don't know I, i'm with you like i don't think you do the kid any favors when he's really the 33rd best player in this draft that's about right he was never the third best player in this draft why even throw that out there you know i i don't understand all that and is it the agent because the agents a lot of times probably are, you know, probably right. not helping the the kids as much as they think they are at times because they're trying mm-hmm. to play the game so a lot of it's the game and that's fine and like look these guys got to be able to overcome those things and i think in a lot of ways this might help will levis going right. where he should have but then having that chip on his shoulder uh and and not being thrust into the expected situation of being the guy like if he was drafted 11 so looking at the 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 titans class i like it i don't know how much it'll help them be a lot better this year but spears right. Third is a fun running back and very different than Derrick Henry. Uh, Josh Wiley in the fifth round tight end. Thought that was nice value. Jalen Duncan, really good value in the sixth round uh, offensive tackle for Maryland. So, you know, uh, overall, I thought it was a pretty good haul for the Titans. It's it's a it's a haul for later, though. It is. And I would have liked to see more than six picks with that roster. And frankly, I do think Skaronsky is absolutely one of the best 11 players in this draft. And anyone that took him, I wouldn't have given him a hard time. It's okay, you know, but it's also pretty telling that they're not real big on Malik Willis. So I know we didn't get to every team post draft here, but if you if you have uh, an angle on your team that you think Matt and I should cover, let us know at BD Peacock at Williamson NFL or drop it in the comments and we'll hit it up on our mailbag episode. Thanks, everybody, for making us your first listen. 
Talk to you tomorrow right here. Peacock and Williamson.